We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Elite 11 time out there in L.A. Would you rather go watch the Elite 11 or would you rather rather watch the final round for the VIP section at the U.S. Open? I'm going to ask left. I'm going to put him to the test since he's out there on the West Coast. Lucky Lefty Podcast. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Lucky Lefty Podcast as we transition over to talking about what's popping off in L.A. this weekend, of course. L.A. Country Club hosting the U.S. Open. And then you have down at Redondo Beach, the Elite 11 competition. Uh, the founder. Is Trent Dilfer still involved with it now that he's coaching? Is that legal for no, him to be a coach? What time at uh, UAV. That's what I thought, but he still pretty much has everything working. His younger brother and his people probably still work everything. I, I figured he would have to step away from that. You enjoyed yourself at the Waste Management Tournament, yeah. didn't you, Left? It was nice. Would you rather sit and watch the final day of competition at the Elite 11 or would you rather get VIP service at the U.S. Open out there in L.A. and networking? Wait, say it one more time. Would I rather be at the be, U.S. Would you rather watch the final round of the U.S. Open on Sunday, networking the snob hobbing in the VIP, or would you rather be watching the Elite 11, the final day of the competition? Definitely Elite 11. Um, See, that's why I asked him the question, so he can show what he's really all about. He's all about the football. Because there's a lot of people in this chat that would take that VIP at the U.S. Open, especially on Father's Day. Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> so let's get to it. Yesterday, first day of competition popped off. And uh, we're going to go and look at the leaderboard that was put out. Now, there were several leaderboards put out. This one was put out by our guy Ryan Garcia over at Rivals, who's been on our show. He used to be with SI, now he's at Rivals. And you see the Elite 11, top 10. Your boy Aaron Nolan, number one. Dylan Rayola, number two. Trevor Jackson, number three. um, I'm sorry, Luke Cromanoke, Florida State commit. Julian Sand, Alabama commit, coming in at six is CJ Carr. Damon Williams at seven. DJ Lagway, eight. Will Hammond from Texas Tech at ten, nine. And Ryan Puglitzi. Four of the guys that, well, I think I did five. Yeah. Yeah, all five of the guys that I said that I liked before the competition are in the top ten. So I just let you know. Let you know I'll be knowing. I said Air, I said Rayola, I said CJ, I said Demond and Langway. I said those are the guys I like. 
So and that's the top ten. Uh, I think I saw another list where CJ was like eighth or ninth uh, as far as the competition. Great. Yeah, I don't think he'll win it. I saw one article saying that Chroma Note was number one overall, and several of the wide receiver participants responded negatively to that. So the consensus is that, look, the top two guys in this class are Nolan and Rayola. There's no, no reason to be upset about that. C.J. Carr, six or five. C.J. Carr is in the range where you would expect him to be in competing against these top guys. Yeah, C.J. Carr Listen, is not – he doesn't no, have to be number one. C.J. Carr is just a really good guy in this class. Like, he's not bottom of the top ten, but he ain't top two either. He's right in the middle. That's really good. Now – we would like to recruit the top two of the class, and we'll get there. Mm-hmm. But being in that top seven, eight, that's not bad. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. That's not bad. I was top eight. You know, Deshaun and Brandon wasn't. <laughs> Why are you throwing your digs at your boys, man? That's that's foul, bro. That's real foul, bro. I, just I can't you. believe you just did that. <laughs> I'm saying it's good, though. I'm just saying it's good that CJ's in that in the final 11 because it's hard. I mean, this is where you'll see guys that are going to be the guys at in college. The top 10 most likely tells you who the guys are going to have the teams that are worth a damn when it's all said and done because those guys are usually going to translate pretty well if they end up in the top 11 at the end of the day, you know. They said your boy was out there throwing a little bit yesterday too, Caleb Williams. Oh, yeah, throwing with the guys. Of course, that's the man. That's D1 right there. Yeah, so it is. It's good to hear. You want to go ahead or you want me to read the uh, the breakdown that was given about CJ's day and then 
you can you can jump into it. Uh, this is a breakdown of CJ Carr and his day. CJ Carr has a long-standing reputation as a strong performer in the neutral camp setting. He came out to day one of the Elite 11 finals looking crisp and clean as a passer. Carr is one of the most mechanically sound passers at the event. Everything from his footwork to his arm action is polished as they come. He showed the ability to layer tough throws, touch throws, and drive the football down the seam. Carr was more comfortable working in rhythm as an in-structure passer than when asked to throw off-platform. He struggled to do everything, to tie everything together and was a bit thrown off when working on the move. Carr could be set to impress later on as his skill set is tailored to the type of structured pro day environment coming in on Thursday. So like he said, he is he can be surgical from the pocket. Very polished thrower right now of the football. Understands concepts, attacks the seams. Very accurate. But, you know, to make off-platform plays right now, that's, you know, Some that's just, on, you know, you know. And it's good that he has something to work on. And it's good that he knows who he is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I think I think that came across to me because he did an interview leading up to the competition. He did an interview with Josh Pate. And this is what I love about him. Just listen to his response to the questions. Josh made alongside CJ Carr. Everyone's talking about the word competition out here. So I imagine you're looking forward to it too. So aside from the competition, what are you looking to get out of this event? You know, there's some great, you know, resources around the Elite 11. Guys who have been through the, you know, the recruiting process, been in college, been to the league. And so I think, you know, my goal is to bring, you know, two or three things home that, you know, I've learned from from this event and from these guys here and and just work on that this offseason and, and continue to just develop as a, as a quarterback. You've seen some of these guys in the camp circuit. I'm sure you've watched pretty much all of them, but what's the dynamic like when it's not a high school football game, it's sort of a controlled camp environment setting, but you know you're going up against the best of the best. It's a competition within the competition because there are only so many of those high-level QB1 spots out there. What is that level of competition like? It's awesome, you know, just to just to be in this situation and, and be recognized as one of the top kids in the country. I think it's a – I'm in a situation that not a lot of kids um, – Know, are in and, and many kids dream to be in and so I'm just excited to be here um, be around some of the best kids in the country and also you know see how you stack up against kids across the country how do you scout yourself if I'm a Notre Dame fan I'm looking at CJ Carr how what what should I know about you um I'm a competitor you know I'm, I'm not gonna back down from anyone here I know there's a lot of hype around some kids from you know California Texas Florida but you know I'm not gonna back down from that we're from the Midwest um so we're here to represent CJ Carr appreciate it brother thank you so much so that's CJ Carr, man. Look, he—it seems like to me he knows who he is, and he's going to yeah, do his thing. Like I'm not about to go out here. Yeah, go like ahead, he is a guy that's excited to be mentioned with other great guys. He's mm-hmm. not going in there saying, "Look, I'm looking to whoop everybody ass. I'm the number one dude. I'm I'm a competitive dude on that aspect. I'm not looking to lose." That's a top tier one or two guy. That's a top tier one or two guy. Those are the okay. That's you know that's him. That's you know a guy like Trevor. You just you don't even he only had to, he he wouldn't say that. Trevor would be like, yeah, it's just good to be out here working out with some guys. I know I'm that dude. Sorry, you know they out here working with me. But CJ, you know he he definitely I think that's the best part. He knows who he is in the sense that. He's in there like, look, <laughs> I'm not out of the, the realm of all these guys that y'all talking about. Uh-huh. You know, if you put me on the field and, and, and I got a shot with some guys, I'm, I'm going to have a run for your money. I might win. But if it's if I'm if I'm CJ Carr and I'm on Buffalo or Toledo squad. It's a little different, you know, you know, so 
I do think that what is good about having him at Notre Dame is that his intangibles are going to be infectious where everybody will play better with CJ. And I think that's something we haven't had in a, in a while where, I mean, I think Jack did it a little bit. I think guys played better with Jack. Jack just wasn't, I think CJ is more talented, but also people like CJ a lot. And I think him doing a great job in the receiver class, recruiting those guys, having a hand in it at least, uh, shows that those guys know that they can play well with them and they can make him look better and vice versa. It's not just uh-huh. like CJ Carr and the, and the Carrettes. Yeah, it's it's more like CJ Carr is 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 highlighting how we got a really good receiver class. <laughs> yeah, and it, yeah. like Mac Jones did with those guys. Yeah, Mac Jones was a starting of himself, but it wasn't overshadowing of the receiver that he had. Yeah, I was a receiver. So when you talk about can Sam Hartman turn our receivers to thousand yards receivers, I think CJ Carr has the ability to do that. That makes it under the, the comparison difference. Well, I think Kenny Mitchie could, you know, look good because uh, make the receivers look better because of how he throws. Whereas you'll have a lot of receivers have some good stats because of CJ, you know. Because Kenny Mitchie ended up being ranked like in the top five at the end of the competition last year, if I'm yeah, not mistaken. And he surprised a lot of people. Yeah. He's a dude, though. You know, just like you heard yeah. him when he was talking in spring, he was like, "Yeah, I don't, you know, these guys are cool, right. but but I'm nice, <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> CJ's not gonna say that, you know. He's See, gonna, Kenny Mitchie, Kenny Mitchie's coming in like you did. Yes. Yeah. Like, oh, like, I'm 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 starting. Yeah, like come on, like I, hey, I know everybody's good and all that, but I'm getting us over the hump, and I think that's it attitude thing that not everybody has but mm-hmm. when guys got that you know you got a guy because nobody's talking like that that don't believe it you know well I think it's like how it's different because you know how Parker Boudreau came in you the 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 poor man Quentin Nelson <laughs> and he just couldn't he just didn't have a talent to back it up right Parker Red. Boudreaux, that's a name. You drug that name out from the past. Right. But I'm saying, y'all remember the hype? That was a number one line. Man. Nelson, replica, whatever. He's just way too small for the hype in terms of just, he just wasn't. We just had, at that time, I mean, you talking about at that time, our line was NFL at that time. He, he, you know, if Parker came in, came Madden's year. Parker would still be a football player, not a wrestler. But Parker came in when we was them dudes up front, hundred million dollar linemen. It couldn't hide. Yeah, it just it wasn't your it, it wasn't a good fit. Yeah, he should have been on the line with your boy from Marshall that they got off waivers. Oh, yeah, he I mean the like, transfer portal. Yeah, he would have been he would have been good then. He would have been right. <laughs> right, right. He could have blended been, right in. Yeah, he would have, yeah. But you you know, you got. I know his name. I just refuse to say his name. Huh? No, I'm just that people know I know his name. I just refuse to yeah, say his yeah, name. Yeah. yeah, but you put him in there as center, and then you get Q on one side, Eichenberg on another, Glenchy on the other side of that. You know, we had Ronnie in there. He was just like, yeah, Alec Bars. <laughs> It just it was one of those things he said it was like damn bro you just like Jimmy Byrne if Jimmy Byrne came in 2018 he would have been all right but Jimmy wasn't bad saying nation Cleveland prospect it's just like damn Jimmy you just not Q you just not Liam Eikenberg you not bars or <laughs> Aaron Banks you know, before we talk about the top two guys, Aaron Nolan and Dylan Rayola from yesterday, I will say this. I love the end of the interview. You know, when Josh Pate asked him about competing against the top guys, he strikes me as someone that Kirk believes. 
And he believes, come on, man, don't disrespect the young man like whoa, that. Whoa, 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 First of all, Kirk Cousins was let me finish. Let me finish what I have to say. The man, first of all, the man went to Michigan State. Don't ever <laughs> mention anybody that went to Michigan State in a, my Notre Dame store. <laughs> so my point is, he is a representative. He is a representative of the Midwest. He is putting the Midwest on the map to say we have ballers too. We have ballers at Notre Dame, and we're not trying to be like you, but just watch us because we can beat you. We can beat you, yeah. We can beat you. And that's that's the type of attitude that he seems to be bringing to Notre Dame, still with a year of prep ball left. Yeah, so, he's not a guy that's – we're going to play close games with Toledo. Yeah. You know, because you know he's no, like, he's trying to take, he's trying to we, take we'll the beat it, you know, you know, we we smack yeah. it, you know, and Georgia mess around and let us play on all cylinders, we might never mm-hmm. beat you too, right? You know? So definitely, I like that about him. I like that we can, I can feel good putting some money in Vegas, even if we down three going into an away game, because I like what CJ got as an intangible. It's very Kirk Cousins, like. The difference between him and RG3 is that the receivers just like Kurt better. Not that they didn't like RG3. Oh, the fact that RG3 tore his knee up? Come on, man. Now we act like if RG3 never got hurt, Kurt Cousins would have never been heard from in Washington. Ever. They drafted Kurt Cousins in the same draft as they drafted. That's fine. Who does That's that? Fine. All I'm saying is if RG3 never tears up his knee, Kirk Cousins would have been what was your dude that was backing up Tom Brady? Now okay. he's out there. I'll give you a better he's out uh, there. Uh, better example, Taylor Heineke. He's a Taylor Heineke figure. Maybe not as mobile, but guys like playing with him, and he makes the team better. Maybe not Super Bowl better, but they'll mess around, beat the Cowboys, and. Mess around and make it competitive with the Eagles. You know, they'll they may not come in first, but they're not coming in last either. And I think when you got a fighting puncher's chance like that, CJ definitely provides that. On the way out, Air Nolan. This is what they said about him from the first moment. Nolan strolled down the stadium stairs at Redondo Union High School. He carried an improved build and held onlookers' attention with his consistency. Yeah, timing, exactly. touch, and accuracy were a full display for the ultra-productive state championship passer who also showed off his connection to future Ohio State teammate wide receiver Jeremiah Smith on several head-turning occasions. You said you said he was the one, Left. His film is too nice. You said he was the one. Crazy. His numbers are crazy. So, Dylan Rayola, there's little debate about the quarterback that came into the event with the most hype and arm strength. And Rayola flashed the power early and often to open the competition. He's even too strong early in the circuit, as most of the bigger passes were. But once he settled down, few could spin it like he could. There is just an ease from this Georgia commitment, and he operates the football with smooth consistency, and he's amongst the nation's best. He's just bigger than everybody. This dude is like... This is this would be Kirby's. No, he got Justin. He got Justin Fields. So this wouldn't be his biggest commitment at quarterback. He's huge. So, yeah, he's like he's a more polished DJ. He's already 6'3", 220. Yeah, he's a more polished DJ. But he's the same type of height. Like you put him down there if you want to. He ain't as tough as you would expect his size to be. Okay. So, you know, when you gotta win some games, can you win it with him? He 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 don't got the Patrick Mahomes it factor, but he got everything else. Well, he's going to a university where they don't value the quarterback having to carry. And he'll look good because yeah, he'll no, recruitment. He'll look yeah. but I'm telling you, he is a guy that's gonna be hyped like a number one. Yes. And you're so, not gonna see how much importance 
as an individual is going to matter until he's in the league, you know, because he's going to be around great talent and teams and he's talented. Yeah. But he, you know, if you, if I got two minute drill and he been getting hit all day, can he still go down and win? No, he got that a uh, uh, perfect example, just like Josh Freeman before the mental health issues. Mm. A lot of talent, but you know, you start beating on Josh, it gets real small. It get real, real, real tough for him. Real know? brittle, yeah. 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 So, but he's going. He's going. You know, he's every bit of what you would want from a prototype. So that's day one. Yeah. Day two. Aaron Nolan for sure. I'm, I'm sure Left is going to get out there at some point. Yeah, I'll probably be out there day tomorrow or something. Left will get to go down to Redondo Beach for his his, his annual visit annual. to the Redondo Beach area. I like those little jackets they got too, little gray jackets. They got. Yeah, the jackets would fly. The jackets would fly. So, look, CJ Cars, we said before, look, he doesn't have to win the competition. All he has to do is just go out there and just compete. Yeah, just, just go compete and be you, and being you is good enough. You talk about fit. Aaron Nolan fits Ryan Day. Oh, 100%. He it's fits Ryan pick Day. Great pickup. Um, it's going to be a problem in years to come. Based upon what you just said, I don't, man, Dylan Rayola, is he going to be a fit at Georgia? He don't have to be. He's going to be all right because he's talented. Now, if Dylan Rayola went to Oklahoma, mm-hmm. you would see, oh, shit, okay. You can see his, his good and bad because yeah. his team he got to carry. He ain't got to carry his Georgia team. They're going to be yeah. all right. I think C.J. Carr is a good fit at Notre Dame. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I'm Julian saying at Alabama with Tommy. Drew Pine vibes, but yeah, he's got more talent than Drew, I think. But and you love the connection that Lane Kiffin has with the uh Will Demond Williams kid. Yep, I think Demond gonna be a nice little little player to watch for. He gotta get a little bigger because he's kind of small. But I'm gonna, a, I'm gonna continue to watch this Trevor Jackson kid. But <laughs> everybody was wild by yesterday. He's uncommitted. We'll see. You know, someone might find a diamond in the rough. Let me see if I can get this, uh, the breakdown. I'm sorry. Let me get the breakdown here. I'll tell you exactly where he's from. John Garcia did a great job on these breakdowns, by the way. Shout out to our guy. The quarterback who came into the event amongst the lowest ranked and one of the few uncommitted in the process Jackson worked with intent at every stop, even in the measurement circuit before the workout began. The other quarterbacks were taken aback by the power with which Jackson spun it to open up his evening. He took something off the ball as needed as the tight as the night wore on, and he looked as comfortable as many of the other passers, regardless. Jackson's accuracy and execution peaked against quite literally everyone else, including reigning Heisman Trophy winner Caleb Williams and winning the rail shot competition when the pressure was on. Jackson is 6'2", 186 pounds out of West Orange High School in Winter Garden, Florida. Currently a three-star. Sound like Asante Willard. Sounds like a really raw kid. Asante Willard had the same type of... I mean, sound like print and copy, same type of player came in. Nobody knew who he was. But he'd be like, damn, who is this kid? It's nice. And then he ended up winning that year. And they never heard of him again. Yeah, man. So hopefully. And it's always interesting because he was uncommitted too. You know, it was after Elite 11, he started getting the four or five stars and picked up a bunch of new offers that he ain't never had before. And so I feel like Lee 11 always does has a year with a kid like this. Not that he's not good, but you aren't committed this long. You that low of ranked something on your film. 
Well, at that point, you know, all you have is, you know, the competition circuits, man, to try to make a name for yourself. And right. you took you know, he's he taking advantage. Like, you know, just like Asante benefited. Yeah. He had like, like two or three offers, uh-huh. no stars. He wins the Elite 11, UCLA, every top school, and then he ended up going to UCLA. But sometimes you got to go to, like, like Coach Carl Reese said, our good friend says, sometimes when you shake out to where you end up shaking out, that's where you're supposed to be. All exactly. The, the whole time. I agree. Lucky Lefty Podcast. So that is. CJ Carr and the Elite 11. We're going to get to the recruits coming in and preview some of the recruits. Don't forget tomorrow, our special guest of For the Culture Friday, former Notre Dame great defensive lineman and former Chicago Bear defensive lineman, Paul Grasmanis, joins us right here on the Lucky Lefty podcast. He has some pretty good things to say about what's going on with Marcus Freeman and Pete Bavacqua. Coming in as the next AD, he'll be on with us tomorrow, halfway through the show. Lock in. All right. Before we get that, you just gave me a perfect segue because our good brother was on the Paul Feinbaum show, and his discussion was about NIL. Check him out. Like there ought there ought to be a better process for them to figure that out, but because you deal with a lot of young players who are matriculating, what what do you see early on, and 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 how can you, or how have you, or how will you guide them uh, so they can get to the right place? Well, so many guys don't have an understanding of the recruiting process, and it becomes a celebrity affair especially now with the NIL money. Guys are really focused on how much money can I get. Imagine being a guy that has aspirations of playing in the NFL and you sit down at a final list with five of the best universities in the country and you're not worried about how you fit in the system. You're not worried about the depth chart and how you're going to get on the field. You're worried about NIL money. So now what you're telling me is, because some insurance salesman that's part of a collective, he guarantees you $50,000 more. You're not going to go to the program that is your best football fit. And the NFL money is going to always supersede the NIL money. Yo, Coach Carl Reed, always on the money. He's right, bro. At some point, NIL has caused recruiting to become romanticized, you know, in a lot of different ways for these young men. And you tell me all the time, especially at the quarterback position, I don't care how much money they're giving you. If it's not the right fit, if the system's not the right fit for you, it's going to hurt you in the long run. Yeah, I mean, you know, not every coaching staff is equipped to coach an offense that's friendly to the guys they recruit. Yeah. And so the ones that can do that are the ones you know about them, Lincoln Riley. You know, the Nick Sabins, Ryan Day can even take a claim to that. Uh, the quarterback coaches that you hear about a lot of the guys that have offenses that are helpful to the quarterback. Yeah. Dablo, you know. So I do think that uh, fit makes a lot of difference. Hell, Jane Daniels made a right fit call going down to LSU. When he, when he transferred. When he transferred. Well, initially he did have success at Arizona State. Right, which was under which under Herm. When Herm first got there, he had success. And he's so I, I think, yeah, I think Arizona State was a was a good fit until all, all the scandal and everything started happening. Then it was a different story. But I'll well, venture to say he's had a good good career in college so far. So yeah. Made a lot of good fit decisions, so I do think it that matters the most. And you can't, you're not a prophet, you know. Like it's, like our man said yesterday, they don't get everything right. But no, they don't. <laughs> but he he fortunately, your, your like, boy Ralphie boy, boy Ralphie, he's not a prophet, man. Give him man some slack. The guy didn't play well. Yeah. It is, you know, like Coach Kari was spot on, bro. Is look, and he's not talking about that guy that is at the bottom of the recruiting class. 
He's talking about the guys at the top that have realistic thoughts to the NFL, right? You left, you've been on teams, bro. You sat back, you worked out with 80 guys, 90 guys over the offseason. Everybody on the team knows the guys that realistically can make the lead. It didn't take long for y'all to realize Parker Boudreaux wasn't going to the league. Didn't take long to realize other guys weren't going to the league. You know, okay, yeah, he's definitely going. He's definitely going. He has a shot. He has a shot. He's talking about those young men that yeah, know. shot. You got a they shot. You got a shot. No. So, yes, fit matters. For those that know that they have legitimate shot over just taking, like he said, but you take 500000 more to go to a place that's not the right fit over the million, that's the right fit. It can get you into the, pl- the place to get you more money in the NFL. Nothing will ever replace fit in football. I don't care how much money they're giving you. Because I'm worried, I'm worried about the fit with Nico and all of his followers and how he moves, which is very California-like. How is that going to fit down in Tennessee? I, I don't know. How is his personality going to work down in the South with his entourage, especially if things start to go a little left, no pun intended? I don't know. Was Tennessee the right fit? But as soon as they threw that eight million at them, it was the best fit. Yeah, that's uh, the best. And it fit. wasn't even a question. It's like, oh yep, Tennessee, that's where we're going. The best fit. So, <laughs> he might not even get on the field because of Joe Milton. I'll pay you eight million. You might have to see the field freshman year, my brother. Yeah, because if you're only gonna be here three years, I need to, I need to reap. Yeah, I need to reap, and that's another thing. That's a good point. You can't stop this in the locker room. Yeah, people in the Tennessee locker room knowing he's gotten all that money. You darn right, they're gonna be watching every throw at practice, like. This is the dude. Like he better come in and establish himself as a dude pretty early. Because it's got to make sense. It has to make sense to the players on that team. Because <laughs> I'm sure they were reading the stories while they were having a great season last year. They were like, we giving this high school kid how much? I've been grinding it out for two years here. This dude is getting eight million, really. I'm like, all right, Lucky Lefty Podcast. What did I miss? Did I miss anything? We got to Carl Reed. We got to CJ Carr. Oh, yes. We forgot the OVs this weekend. Uh, Shortlist, Micah Gilbert, who is a commit. He'll be on campus. Kingston, Villamua Asa. Just came from USC. They pulled out the red carpet, had Troy Palomalu walking around with him, talking to him. And the buzz is the USC visit was good, but it seems that Notre Dame and Ohio State are still the top two teams on his list. So he comes in for his visit this weekend. Keyshawn Flowers is another linebacker in the 24 class that's coming in. Jalen McClain was originally scheduled to come in before he committed to Ohio State on last week. And Malcolm Ziegler, another safety comes in this week. And what we're going to do is we're going to get left 
a moment to check out Malcolm Ziegler. These are, these are his junior highlights. The young man is from Fuquay Marina High School in North Carolina. 6'2", 192. He was just playing a little cover two right there against the pick with zone coverage. Some play recognition. Yeah. So he goes from playing DB to the field to now back cover two. Looks pretty routine. So now they have it to the field again. In zone. Good ball skills, good recognition. And he can run well after the. Looks a little bored out there. <laughs> it's North Carolina, bro. I don't know what division. When you look like he be playing, like he be play back at home at the playground. He just kind of, I the quarterback, kind of just. Yeah, they play a lot of zone. He can look like he just kind of do his own thing. He's not too concerned about the receiver in front of him. Got bad eye discipline, I know that. But 6-2, run a 4-3. Of course I'm taking him. <laughs> <laughs> He might be like a Marcus Peters type. Not real uh, technique, but just instinctual. Uh, yeah, 10, 10 interceptions as a junior, bro. Yeah, just a instinctual football player. It's like you wouldn't put his film on to, to teach a clinic about how to be a great DB. But if you need just a player that's just going to make plays and find the football, he's one of those kids, you know. All right, let's see him on special teams left. Okay, there you go. Honestly, his special teams was the most impressive. Okay, let's swing pass out of the backfield. He loves when his, the ball gets in his hand. You can tell. He just gets a little extra pep in his step. But like you said, when he's playing defensive back, he looks a little bored. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the ball gets in his hand, whether special teams or offense. Oh, that's good read. Like dropped it. The one that one one that he probably could have taken to the house and he drops it. Reads the screen. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I would like to see him challenged a little more. He looks like he's you know. I see a PBU. Played against his little brother's team a little bit, but he he gets <laughs> who he plays against, you know what I mean? Yeah, you guys gonna try him deep. Try him on the out route. Yeah, he's lucky he's not playing in my division because I'm <laughs> dialing it up over his side. But he's a good athlete, man. You six, oh, yeah. you six two one ninety two running the four three. You're gonna get offers. You put him. I'm telling you, you put the ball in his hand. It's almost he turns into a totally different beast. Like, you just see the electricity go through his body. Like, yeah, give me the ball. I mean, is he trying or? I mean, sometimes you just out athletic in your competition. See, yeah. but the problem is with this kind of thing is like, okay, you go to Notre Dame where we got a bunch of fast big dudes. Mm -hmm. Are you technical or anything? You know, I wouldn't say you have the – elite ability to be in competition with a Ben Morrison right now. Yeah. Or Jay That's, Mick, not, that's you know. not being asked of him right now. I don't believe that's being asked of him right now. But So defining where your role is on a team like Notre Dame. Now you go to North Carolina or something, I'm sure you find a lot of different places. But we got a Rico Flores, who is the yeah. same size. Yeah. Who is trying to define what what is he going to do? You know what I mean? Like, right. 
That's that versatility with, you know, if I got a messed up toilet, I'm not bringing in the handyman. Right. I'm going to call the plumber. But I, <laughs> if I had a hole in the wall, I call the handyman. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So. But would you like a combination? All things said and done. That's a great point, Iris Bernie. Is a combination of him and Bronte, who you love because you love Bronte's attitude and safety. If you could get this young man and Bronte Johnson as the two safeties to come into the class, you feeling good about that? Well, we got a lot of. I do think having that size back there matters. You know, I remember playing Northwestern. Their safeties look like linebackers. They were huge. <laughs> I mean, man, they were so big. So I think that's just a good, good look to have for sure. Nate Roberts, a 2025 tight end, is going to make his announcement. Notre Dame is a finalist on his list. And, you know, this is what Notre Dame's looking at. Should be pretty interesting, the young man. Deciding just like Jack Larson to make his decision very early and left. He's one of the best. This is his sophomore season. He's one of the best out there. Four star, pretty good kid. Good run after the catch. From the prairies out there in Oklahoma. Yeah, I like that he's fast off the ball, man. This man looks like he's a little Dalton Kincaid, mm. little Travis Kelsey. He's built like a a basketball player. Because, you know, sometimes it is that you say are athletic, they're gonna, they don't have good hand-eye coordination. You know, you can tell he he's a, a specialist in his own right. I, I'm not blocking with him, I'll tell you that. Not that he can't, but he can do this way better. You know, yeah, you you know, little guy, get him out of there, yeah, yeah. But let me let me see you, let me see you come out there and catch the passes. Aggressive, yeah. does his job. You know, he's not a demolisher on the block, but he gonna he gonna put his hand in there and get so you get the hole. You know, you get get to the hole. I like that he has a very natural feel when it comes to catching and running routes, catching the ball and running routes. This is exciting mm -hmm. tight end to watch, man. I mean, look at that. That's not an easy catch for a big dude to catch going away from your body, you know. Good range. Looks fluid when he's running routes. Doesn't look like he's like, I got to run five and then cut out. He's like, oh, <laughs> let, me, let me get to the space, you know. You can split him out a little bit. Almost can't tell the difference between him and JT, you know what I mean? JT about to say something. But looks natural at receiver. Nice. Get a little yards. Yeah, look at him. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> let's say yeah. yeah. Come on. Let's just get in the way. Very good tight end pickup, man. He looks like a tight end that a not too bulky. You know, some tight end be a little too bulky. You can tell that he competes at spring break with the receivers on who gets the most girls. You know, he ain't just tight <laughs> end. He got a little swag when he, no, you know, he's he's ready to be a superstar in South Bend. Yeah, good, cool, cool dude. You know, look like he'll rock the ponytail, the little man bun in college. You know that whole thing, tight end culture. Get the man bun, but you built like he man. Versatile guy can do it all. I like him better in the past game. Yeah. Um, you know, he he's comfortable being in line with some tight ends that are receiving tight ends like this, not comfortable putting their hand in the dirt. He seems pretty comfortable. Yep, blocking duo. You know, yeah, it's, man, it's a good tight end tell you. I'll tell you what, very versatile. Kind of looks like my tight end. We got at our school, he's just a little more raw. This kid is way more polished. Looks like he knows what's going on, you know. Good player. Nate Roberts making his decision this Saturday. Between Notre Dame 
gloves? No, dude, it's like 10 finalists on his list. Oh, yeah, I mean, like hey, 10 finalists on, but Notre Dame is sitting in there at the top of the list. It's not like they're number six or seven, they're at the top of the list. It's just, like- you know, usually when a young man makes a decision this early, it means that he's in love with a t- particular program. I like the Brock Wright comparison. He looks like Brock Wright type. Yeah. Not a Cole Komet type. Cole's kind of bulkier. Not a Michael Mayer type. More Brock Wright. Yeah. I agree with that. Not a Tremble. Not a Jack Larson. He's not an Eifert. Yeah. Not a Troy Nicholas. Not a Koyak. Definitely a Brock Wright. I'm sorry, guys. Someone asked me to play the rent. I can't play the rent again. I can't do it for three straight days. I can't. If you uh, inbox me, I'll uh, send the audio to you. I'll send the link. You know what time it is. It's time to get petty. Oh, we did a good job executing. Are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train. I just don't like you. You don't? No. What is today's petty historic Petty Junction? Petty Junction, Petty Stories of the Day brought to you by Honora Whiskey, honorawhiskey.com, that premium American whiskey, honorawhiskey.com. Now, I had seen video or heard about this fight that took place between some IG star named Big Lex and Jocelyn Hernandez after the Floyd Mayweather fight. I was kind of confused because I didn't know how things got to the point. And two women would be fighting and one of the women would literally be just butt naked at the end of the night. But then I got some history of videos a year ago where she was talking crazy. She, Big Legend, has been talking crazy for a year. Yeah, talk about she was fighting what happened. And told her and basically told Jocelyn to pull up. Uh, and she got somebody for her. And then you know, all right. And she pulls up and yo. Found out. But the funniest thing was the 911 call that she made 10 minutes later. Jocelyn Hernandez ended up being arrested for assault. She actually called and said they jumped me and beat me up pretty good. Not mentioning the instigation with throwing the drink or anything else, all the talk leading up to it. Look, man. Because women like being the victims when the, the perspective and narrative is based on them being a victim. Everybody, oh, she they jumped her. She no, you lost. After you lost crazy. And now you want sympathy after you got whooped. Because yeah. if you whooped her, you wouldn't be calling no police. Hell, even if you didn't get whooped bad, you would still wouldn't call the police. You would have been like, oh, you would have been talking stuff, da 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 da. It's the fact that you wasn't expecting to get whooped that bad. Where hell, they was like, you got to call the police. <laughs> she got whooped and should have called the police. See, that's different. She not going to go, are you crazy? You think after getting whooped that bad and being that embarrassed that she going to be up there and be like, oh, she got the best of me. Hell no. Nah. She's like, man, they jumped me. I was, I was chilling. <laughs> I, I wasn't even looking. Probably felt like she got jumped. There was a lot of people jumping on her. Just it wasn't just Jocelyn. There was a lot of people jumping on her. But 
You know, it's unfortunate in this country, man. It's not about the person that hits first. It's about the person that reacts, just like you learned that in football. Look, like Mob Deep said, Big Les, you ain't a crook, son. You just a shook one. You just a shook one. And you got just, shook up. You got shook up. <laughs> you did all that talking. Oh, yeah, all that. You, you did all that talking. And you left with no clothes on, which I still find amazing. Yeah. You got whooped out of your clothes. Out of your clothes. And then, you know, the guy giving the full commentary while filming. Y'all need to stop her. Y'all need to do this. Y'all need to get Jocelyn, man. Get her. Hey, security. Get her out of here. Why don't you stop filming and why don't you go help? See, see, that's a whole nother petty train conversation we can have because that's yeah. this dude sounded like he's about 6'4, 280 pounds holding a camera. See, we, that's a whole nother, you know. No, that's society now, bro. That's society now. All talk. All talk. The same thing. You walking down the street, you see two young kids as an adult. You want to be a bystander. Well, Chicago, you got to be careful. Them kids might. Uh, well. <laughs> hey, well, that's, hey. That's, you that's got to plays out first. Point taken. Point taken. In Chicago. Point taken. Now, you, point taken. You, if you I'm walking down the street, if I'm walking down the street in my neighborhood where I grew up or where the church is, I'm good. Yeah, 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 you get over But there. if it's low end or an area I'm not familiar with, you're right. <laughs> you're absolutely right. They might team up just against you. <laughs> Man. <laughs> like, I'm just trying to help. Nah, don't be trying to help over there. Man. Like, Man. They got to so, know. Ooh, lucky enough to podcast, and I gotta put my guy, Finals MVP, Nikola Jokic on the petty train. Man, you cannot leave the MVP trophy at the arena, bro. Oh man, you talk about just so disconnected from the hype. There is no chance. I guarantee you, that trophy does not make the flight to Serbia. No chance. See, but you know, I don't blame him because I'll be mad too. If I get getting chose last in the All Star game now, that was bogus. All right, now y'all keep picking me last. I'm right, <laughs> right. He had to draft himself. He was so busy. He's like, I'm not about to be last pick. Nah, LeBron. He's man. like, You're man, you know what? LeBron. Yeah, I'm, I'm walking sick. over here, and now he can sit there and say, I sent all y'all home. Yes. So yeah, I, you know, I, as much as he's not engaged, I don't blame him. LeBron and Giannis and Steph keep picking me last. Damn it. Drunk Vigo. Drunk Vigo, relax, dog. Everybody walks around Chicago with their Jordans on, yeah. man. Relax. Stop believing narratives, dude. It's so crazy. They just had a list of the worst places to live. Chicago is like 30-something on the list. It's just amazing how these yeah, stories these come out. Yeah, these are like, oh, my God, Chicago so her- so these terrible. These are streets. Yeah, it's not streets. It's a bunch of streets in Chicago, but these are little segments. You gotta, you know. Chicago's like people don't know how bad it is in them third world. Yeah, the propaganda is like horrible, dude. Like, stop what believing out of Latin that America. Crap. You'll know, you know, man. You'll, you'll know Latin danger. Like for real, go to Colombia, go to Brazil. Just go right. to anywhere where the where it's not the police running it. Right. You got you got third party groups running it. That's the you know. Just imagine being extorted. You know these Chicago kids ain't extorting nobody, man. <laughs> just imagine getting extorted as just a citizen in the city of the Chicago by somebody you can't call no help for. Who you gonna call? <laughs> Who you gonna call in Brazil in the favelas? Who you calling over there, man? Yo, I'm with you, Tom. Man, I move around Chicago with freedom. I know where not to go. I can tell you that. You know, you know. But I move around Chicago 
with freedom. Drunk Vigo, if you just happen to be a little bit uh, on the cautious side, a little scaredy cat, if you will, then, you know, it might not. And if you come in here as a visitor, what the hell, why would you be in the neighborhood anyway? Nobody comes to Chicago. That you're either, you're either in Oak Brook, downtown. Like, why would you come here trying to go to the south side? For what? Yeah, in certain areas. For what? Like, you're a visitor. You're a tourist. What are you scared of? Like, you, you, you canceled the wrong trip. And this is the best time to come to Chicago in the summer. Like, what's your teammates' neighborhood? Your teammate that we uh, kicked it with at Blue and Gold? I mean, uh, the Blue and Gold game? He lives up this way, right? Oh, Kendall. Kendall. Man, bro, where he stays is, man, in the summertime, man, right off Milwaukee, lit. Lit crazy. Chicago got some good food, man. Love Chicago. Pretty Drunk place. Vigo, that's where you need to go. Go stay right off Milwaukee Avenue <clears throat> up north. That's right up your alley. Is that over there you know, by Michigan Avenue or something? Like that? No, it's probably about 15 minutes west of Michigan Avenue. Same distance north, but about 15 minutes west. So, mm -hmm. man, you could uh, take a quick trip down. North Avenue or one of the other streets, and it'll take you right to Michigan Avenue. Milwaukee Avenue actually cuts across diagonally. So by the time you get to Milwaukee Avenue, you'll be a little bit further south. But yeah, and now, like you're right, all the music festivals are getting ready to pop off. Over the next month and a half, I used to love going to Chicago in college for the uh, the little little five. It was called, yeah, little five. Yeah, now he says he wants to go see the Home Alone house, dude. That's like it. That's out where the Bears practice at. Mm. That's way up north, but Wicker Park is uh. Navy Pier. I like Navy Pier. That's a nice spot over there. Navy Pier is a nice... See, Navy Pier for Chicagoans is like touristy. Dude, that's, you know, you take your kids. You know, you might the waterfront? Go, yeah, you might go down there with your girl for a nice little date or something, but it's not something that you... We go once... We'll go down there once, twice a year. What's the what's this you place know? that's close over there? It's the, it's the... It's getting super expensive, but it's a nice area over there. Um, it's like right in the city, close to that area. It's called something. It's new. It's like where the technology people are, or something like that. It's uh, a neighborhood, something, something park. It's like an area of a really nice kind of high park. High park, kind of yeah. High park is is high park getting more expensive or something like that. Yeah, something high park, Kenwood area, the Bronzeville area is very much um, young up and comers. Yeah, the young up and comers. They're there. building the uh, uh, Barack Obama Library, Presidential Library over there right now, and then Tiger Woods is going to be starting uh, preparations for his PGA course. You know, right there off Lakeshore Drive. Really? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're actually having a NASCAR race here next week, bro, in the streets. Oh. So, Chicago's doing a lot of things, man, with that area over there. What are you talking about? Right off Hyde Park, Bronzeville. It is. Dude, if you. You got some money, though. I feel like Jay Z and us on Dumbo. I had an opportunity to buy into that area. About ten years ago, at about one seventy, like a townhouse. That same townhouse right now is going for three fifty. Going man, going for three fifty, and you know why I didn't make the move? The school district at that point wasn't. Of course, it I, wouldn't be my little my little girl. I was like, man, you know. 
you know, I, I sometimes I still say I should have done it and just tried to rent it and hold on to it. But yeah, I feel like Jay Z when he makes that, uh, I, I could have bought something in Dumbo. Dumbo, yes, that's how I feel, you know. But now you go over there, shh, man, it's up now. It's it's up now. But you know what's crazy over there now? The short sale market. Short sale market, man, because people got in over their heads trying to handle, you know, because they got in late and they just wanted to get into the neighborhood. And now they're looking for people to come in and purchase, you know, at a discounted price. And there's a lot of short sales going on. A lot of people are upset in that neighborhood because it's cutting into the value. You know, because now you comp, if you get a short sale and then you go comp, you know, trying to sell, and they bring this up, it's like, man, you're killing my appraisal. Yeah, killing my appraisal, you short seller. So, but yeah, that area is popping. That area is popping. We drive down 39th on a Sunday, like we did two weeks ago. You know, you have big historic churches over there. So they're letting out old school restaurants, old food restaurants over there that are packing up for people leaving church. You got the Mariano's big time grocery store chain. It's just, man, it's lit. It's just lit. So that area is definitely, definitely one of the bright spots. And Hyde Park is always real chill, dude. Hyde Park will get you some of the best jerk chicken ever. If you like jerk chicken, I'll take you to the spot in Hyde Park, bro. Man. It's phenomenal. And in Hyde Park, you can do anything. Festivals, the Silver Room special uh, festival is coming up where they close down 55th, just close the street down and just have a block party for like three days straight. Hip hop. That's it. It's crazy. It's crazy. Man, Chicago is, man, I was drunk. Vigo, you're tripping, bro. Don't let these people send you off. <laughs> Don't let these people send you off about Chicago. All right, bro. Great show. We got a best of coming up this weekend. It's going to drop one of our older interviews. Don't forget that on Sunday. And don't forget the rest of this week's podcast will be up. Paul Grasmanis joins us tomorrow on the Lucky Lefty Podcast. We're going to get in depth with him about defensive line play. The defensive line play and what to expect from the Notre Dame defensive line. Shout out to the Pritchett family, the guys that are out there competing, trying to get an offer from Notre Dame at their camp in South Bend. Uh, we talked to Wes Pritchett on yesterday. And if Marshall Pritchett, who has been one of the biggest risers amongst tight ends in the 25 class, if he gets the offer, he said he'll join us sometime tomorrow. So tomorrow should be, it could be an epic day. But left, I'm Sean Davis. Have a great Thursday, but most of all, make sure that you spin it different.